All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, here we are with the podcast episode 54. Um, so since a bunch of people are going to ask before we get to the end, we normally skip August because of the TSA conference. So our next scheduled hangout is going to be on September 9th because we don't do Labor Day holidays either. So put that one on your calendars. September 9th will be our next episode of the podcast. Of course, I'm just seeing this now thanks to the little thing that popped up here for me. We're going to have to learn some new technology before we have that one because Hangouts on Air is apparently going away starting the beginning of next month. So podcast episode 55 will give us a whole new experience, apparently. All right. Maybe that's a good thing because things weren't working that great tonight. Hence <laughs> our late start. That's right. So we apologize for getting started here at 7.30 instead of 7, but we're here. And so we've got Ralph Till with us again tonight. Um, for whatever reason, we have no video of Ralph, but we have great audio of Ralph. So we're going to talk with Ralph about um, – Basically, what's changed since the last time he was with us when we were talking a lot about Egyptian tortoises and a bunch of the other cool things that Ralph has had going on. So, um, always, we've got Anthony and Kevin with us, and I'm going to let Anthony steer the show for a little while here. So, Anthony, take it away and introduce our good friend, Ralph. Sounds good. Sounds good. And I have to say, it's actually, it's okay that Ralph is here only in audio because he's got a beautiful radio voice that you'll all be able to hear uh, shortly. And, you know, I was actually looking at it, Steve. It's been, it's been two and a half years since we had Ralph on the show. It doesn't yeah. seem that long. Two and a half years. That's crazy. Time flies, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he's here with us again. Last time we had him on was March 2017. So we're really excited to have him with us. Um, Ralph is, as Steve alluded to, one of the world's best. Ralph is going to hate me for saying this, but one of the world's best Egyptian tortoise breeders. We talk about him all the time on the show. He often sends us notes during the show. He's an avid podcast um, uh, viewer and um, has lots of opinions about how we could do things better. Right, Ralph? Yes, sir. <laughs> Always, never scared to give me his opinion, which I think is awesome. And we're going to hear his opinion tonight too. Well, and whether you like it or not, right? That's right. Whether I ask for it or not, you're always yeah. willing to give me the the uh, your opinions, which is awesome. So we want to get into that a little bit today. So, uh, so how you doing, Ralph? I'm doing terrific. Well, life yeah. is good. Your nice voice sunny, happy. sunny Florida. It's oh, a brisk, uh, brisk 94 today. Oh my gosh, brisk 94. <laughs> you're too much. <laughs> I was just going to say how much I appreciate you and how happy your voice makes me. And then you reminded me that you're in Florida. Although it does feel very Florida-ish up here. That's why I have my shades on. Very Connecticut casual today. Were you at the park? No, I'm at my hotel. I'm living in a hotel right now between houses. On the last podcast, we talked about uh, moving, and I'm still in that move. So here I am at my place of residence for over five weeks, the Holiday Inn in Wallingford, Connecticut. It's beautiful. The Homewood Suites, I mean. Not the holiday. <laughs> made that up. Hotels that start with an H. I don't know where I am. I just, I just drive here. I don't have to think about it. Autopilot. Autopilot. There he is, Kev. How you doing, Kev? I'm great. How are you today? Everyone. Kev has been. Kev, Kevin Minto has been training to become a cage fighter. So if you see anything different about him, he's been, yeah, six hours a day in the gym. 
You can tell. Wow. You look great, man. You look great. That's all and true, however. You look terrific. <laughs> You've got, got a little chest hair popping. I, I like your style right now, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. No cage fighting for me. I was telling Anthony, uh, I think it'd be fun, but I'm way too scared to be hurt. So I don't want to do that. No, he's sensitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's sensitive. like six foot ten, you know, and uh, yeah. a burly dude. 400 pounds, you could say it. You could say it. I don't I don't guess me when numbers get that high, you know? Yeah, right. It's, what's the point? So, Ralph. Yes. Talk to me. Talk to us. Oh, and hi, Ralph. Sorry about that. Kevin, how are you, huh? Good, sir. How are you today? Sorry, we don't have any video here, but... Uh... I'll, I'll pull up a picture of you on Facebook so I can look at that while we're talking. There you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> Send it to Steve so he can put it up for everyone to see. Not the post forward. office picture, though, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> People don't know that um, Ralph is not the prettiest guy to look at, so he asked us to just keep him all audio tonight. Oh, oh, that hurts. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> just kidding. A little bit totally. too far there. I'm, I'm sorry. Remember that the next time he asked for a favor. I'm know? sorry. Forget that. Forget what I said. Look at me right now. Are you kidding me? Anywho, <laughs> anywho. Turtles and tortoises, mostly tortoises with you, mostly mostly the latter with you, Ralph. Um, talk to us about the Egyptian tortoise business. How's, how are things going these days? Wow, awesome year so far. What makes it so awesome? Well, I've been able to breed. Uh, well, I've had 25 hatchlings so far. How's that? Wow. That's pretty darn good. Uh, my group. My group this year so far has produced 51 eggs, and uh, 51 eggs, uh, 25 have hatched, and it looks like I have, I'm going to take a guess and say 10 more that I think should hatch, which would be a pretty outstanding year, I think, by anybody's standards. Is that a record for you for in terms of eggs and for, or hatchlings? For hatchlings, my record is 27. So uh, we're, we're knocking on that door knocking quite easily. Door, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and for the most eggs, yeah, significantly, the most eggs I ever had was 42. So, That's and, uh, and interestingly enough, I, uh, my, my plan has always been to uh, diversify the group, uh, trying to create unrelated groups. So some of the challenges are, are coming up with, with uh, different males and different females that are unrelated and, uh, and breeding them, you know, raising them up till they're uh, of adequate size and then breed them. And generally a first year female only produces a few eggs and generally they're duds. Uh, so far this year, I've had good success with some first time females and they produced viable eggs that have hatched. So, what do you think is the key? Why, why more this year? Uh, what do you think? Well, I think uh, I have this, this theory that I, I've kind of adopted that I keep all my animals separate. I keep them in individual enclosures, which, yeah, makes for a lot more work. But the, the idea is that they live in a stress-free environment. And I'm convinced that stress is paramount to, to keeping uh, 
probably turtles and tortoises, uh, you keep them in a stress-free environment. They, they can produce more, you know, they're, they're not, uh, they're not subjected to the, to bullying. They're not subjected to trying to find a place to hide. I just think it relaxes them. I don't know if that sounds corny, but it seems to work. So. I completely agree. I think that stress is a huge killer that's often overlooked. Like people will harp on things and we've talked about this on, on podcasts in the past, but people will harp on things like UVB and you know the, the amount of space that animals have. If they need more space, more space is better. Well, um, it's not just that. Stress is a huge factor and one that you can't really measure. It's my belief that stress is a huge factor, but it's not something that's measurable. Um, people will say, well, I had an animal and it seemed to be doing really well. And then just one day it just died. Um, you know, stressed out animals can be eating, um, and, and doing their thing, so to speak. But one of the things you can't measure that it's, it's, it's that I monitor quite closely, uh, by having all the animals in individual enclosures and the way I have it set up, I can see them. Easily, it's not like I'm climbing around boxes and books and stuff to get to them. They're, they're quite accessible, and I can tell if an animal is not eating. I can tell if an animal uh, has a, a, a loose stool, for instance. Why did that happen? And by having it separate, I can focus on one animal and not worry about the other six or eight that are that it's housed with. Uh, it cuts down on. Uh, any kind of uh, medical bills that I may ever encounter, although it's far and few between, all related to stress. Everything is related to stress. That's terrific. Yeah, I, I agree too. Like, um, just to see who's eating what too. You put them in a group, and then you can't spend every minute with them. How do you know that all eight animals that were kept together all ate their share of food? Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and it. I mean, I have seen firsthand, especially with with uh, yearlings, little hatchlings. It's not so bad; you keep them all together. But as they get to be about a year and a half, two years old, that's when the when the stronger ones, you know, they they start to prevail. And uh, and if you not watch it, if you don't watch them carefully, they will push out the the smaller one, push them out of the way, and they won't get to eat. You know, ultimately get weakened and and perish. Right. right. Knock on wood. I've never lost a hatchling. That was awesome. You can hear the sound effect in the background. That's terrific. Yeah. Never lost a hatchling. That's amazing. Huh? That's almost a hundred hatchlings now. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, if you say almost, I know you count. You're one of the most calculated people I've ever met. So yeah. What, what I mean, is I know the exact that? count, but I'm, I'm waiting for this year's results. <laughs> so you can't even tell us yet. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Noted. I have okay. it all written down. So uh, that's another Noted. thing, keeping records, you know. Uh, I mean, I have hatch dates. I have, I keep a, a, a log on which animal, as far as mating, breeding, or whatever, uh, which male is with which female, the time. So I can, I know that, uh, you know, maybe 30 days after a successful breeding, she'll, uh, she'll be starting to look to, to nest. So I can be ready for that. Uh, I keep uh, the days uh, the eggs are laid. I mark them all so I know uh, when they should hatch. 
And this year, I actually tried something a little different with some of them, and I boosted my my incubating temperatures in one incubator. And uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it it produces more females. Uh, cut the incubation time from an average of say 88 days down to about 80 81 days. That's an observation just by by raising the temperature at three degrees in the incubator. We'll see. Very interesting. Very interesting. So um, if I could just rein it back in for anyone who just joined us a little late, we're here with Ralph Till. Ralph is here um, with uh, <coughs> audio only, which is fine because he's got a beautiful radio voice that we all are enjoying. Uh, Ralph is one of the premier Egyptian tortoise breeders, and that's the species that we're talking about right now, Tesudo Kleinmanai. Is that how you pronounce it? So how you would pronounce it, Ralph? Yeah, Kleinmanai, yeah. Kleinmanai, that was different than what I said. It's a Kleinmanai or whatever. Isn't there, there's not an N in there? Yeah, there's an N in there. Klein. Yeah. Kleinmanai. But I don't, I've never heard the N pronounced. Kleinmanai. There is an N, yes. Yeah. I, so. Here it is. Here no, it is. Uh, um, can't control himself. I believe the the pronunciation of the German name is Kleinman. And so that would mean it's Kleinman. And then you just add the I or E, depending on which Latin school you want. Okay. So really it would be Kleinman E or Kleinman I. He said, okay. Yeah. You win. Well, I'm, just, I, I'm just, you know, it, I'm, that's I'm how it's supposed to work. So. You know, lots of people pronounce Latin names wrong, and that's the way it is. And it's about, no big deal. How about, uh, how about Egyptians? Yep. <laughs> yeah, but I like I like to let people know because just to give a little foreshadowing, I just listened to a snake snake podcast the other day. Um, that was lovely, and like a like a boyfriend girlfriend team, which I showed to my wife afterwards. Like, hey, this could be something that's really cool. But uh, anyway, when we're when I was listening to it, like I didn't know a lot of what they were talking about like they say like carpets or corns or balls like i know what they're talking about but um there's a lot of terminology and some of the things they're they're talking about that's just second like nature to them that i didn't necessarily know so i think it's important just to give the little recap when we can um when we talk about things just in the scientific name actually bring it back to the common name as well so that we could try to keep everybody on the same page as best we can so just so you know ralph why i was being a little extra a little bit of a pain in the butt and if you're wondering this interesting back and forth we have between steve and ralph uh where i like to believe they just got in their each other's nerves for a second they didn't really i'm making something out of nothing but we started a half hour late because we were trying to get ralph on to the broadcast and steve was the one who was doing that while kevin and i just chatted on the side so um i expect both of them to be extremely frustrated with one another um and that's okay we're gonna be okay with that we're gonna make it work how you feeling, Ralph? You feeling frustrated? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Life is good, man. He almost said yes to the frustrated part. Did you see that? Forty nah. and slip. Yeah. Get frustrated part. It's okay. Everyone's frustrated. I walk around all day with a pit in my stomach. I'm not a computer guy. You know, I'm, an ulcer. I'm a hands-on. I can, you know, I can build stuff and and all that. But when it comes to scientific jazz here, I I stay away from it. <laughs> I avoid it at all costs. Those dang computer calculators. Yeah. 
I wish I could get my flip phone back. <laughs> <laughs> At least it works all the time. That's awesome. <laughs> Rob, what company do you use? Sorry? What phone company do you use? Oh, phone company? Oh, gosh. AT&T. Right, so they probably have a flip phone you can get. I, have still really have my, I still have a flip phone. Oh, my gosh. You just got to go. Phone back. Uh, my mom's calling. I, I have it in a drawer. Gotcha. Okay. You can't see me, so I can run pull through the drawer here. Unless I throw it out. <laughs> Literally, this is so great with the sound effects. I don't know how you're doing it, but the sound effects are perfect. You said knock on wood, and it went. I'm just rooting through the drawer, my junk drawer here. <laughs> I'm actually in the house sitting at my uh, at the desk in the, in the office. Yeah, me too. Let me open the door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. That was the door opening sound. This is where I keep the incubators inside for anybody who wants to know. Uh, I know a guy that had some incubators out in his garage and – it was like 99 degrees in this garage, and he couldn't understand why the incubator wouldn't keep the eggs at like 87 or something, you know? <laughs> That's terrific. <laughs> it, it, it took a little bit of explaining. I really couldn't, I couldn't believe that I really don't have to explain this, do I? But, That's terrific. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I had hard-boiled eggs, the poor guy. But, uh, so be it. So what else do you want to know? Ahead, Did you have a question, Kev? I do, yeah. So, And I apologize if this was asked like two and a half years ago, and we're re-bringing it back up. Um, but one, how how long do you usually keep your hatchlings for? And then two, do you have like a wait list that people get on? Because as Anthony puts it, you're the premier Egyptian tortoise breeder. Uh, the first question is how long do I keep them? I, I never release anything until it's a minimum of eight weeks old. Okay. All right. That's an absolute minimum. Uh, yes, I do have a list of people. Um, okay. I only ever once placed an ad, uh, several years ago back in the, uh, turtle. It's, it just got killed here on Facebook. Uh, what was it, Turtle Tortoise Classifieds or something like that? Yep. And uh, I placed one ad and I and it for one day, and I got like tw 10 million responses. Okay. And and that's – He's exaggerating. Time. That was only 2 million. But, yeah. Uh, I wanted to make sure Kevin knew. Yeah. But uh, – Yeah. And, and every now and then I still get one from the ad. Okay. But uh, that's the only time I've ever advertised – and um, and I, I don't have any problem moving them out. Cool. I, I have more problems with picking out or, or selecting buyers. I, I guess I'm probably a bit of a jerk. I've even told people that, you know. Yeah, I'd definitely. rather go to little kids. And, you know, I hate seeing these people that I just bought a red foot, you know. What do you feed it? Oh, come on, man. If you're asking that about a red foot, what are you going to do with a Klein Manai? <laughs> Klein Manai. Klein Manai, yeah. <laughs> Klein Manai. Klein Manai. Klein Manai. Yeah. Klein Manai. 
Kleinman. <laughs> Kleinman. I, 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 maybe I just I'm a little bit too uh, attached to these things, but uh, I I just hate to see that. I hate to see people. You know, what do I feed it? Uh, you know, they set it up in a twenty gallon long with a two hundred and fifty watt bulb over it and uh, yeah. on rabbit pellets and wonder why it's all wrinkly and dried up. Wrinkly. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to laugh, but yeah. <laughs> so Kevin asked you some questions about that he thought maybe we had talked about two and a half years ago. We probably did just touch on it a little bit, but which is great. But the main reason why I wanted to have you on the, sh the show was to talk about things that you have been, that you've had in the works since then. Now, sure. you've bred some new species for the first time since then. You have acquired some new species for the first time since then. And for everyone who's listening, and we'll get into that a little bit, that's a big deal for Ralph. I'm giving like a little rundown of what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show here. But that's a really big deal for him to acquire anything and be working on anything other than the Egyptians or the Kleinman eye, um, for sure. And then also wanted to talk to you about the educational work that you're doing and the work that you're doing to develop the Tampa Bay Turtle and Tortoise Society. Oh, you right? can't see me. Yeah, I was going to hold up my sign and you can't see uh, me. Can't see it. You're going to have to email everyone who watches afterwards. All right. Send them an individual. Send, send us a picture of your sign. We can put it on Facebook. Let's do that. All right. I or we that. get the screen and show it right now, too. If it's on your screen, no, but I think he was going to hold it up. It's a physical sign, I think. I, I was just going to hold it up. but uh, Can you share your screen if you're not? Can we huh? check a question? Time out? Yeah. Well, but it's not on his screen, Anthony. It's a physical sign he was going to hold in front of the camera. No, I was going to have him take a picture of the camera. The oh. That's what oh, I'm Steve, doing. Throwing, Steve's throwing stuff now? Oh, and me. Oh, is, is it Ralph? Ralph right. I'm sorry. I was just a, oh, yeah. I was He's a mess over there. What are you doing? Mumbling now, too? No, no. I, I was trying to take a picture and talk at the same time. Oh, gosh. This is, why, why did we decide to try to add more technology to this? <laughs> yeah. you, don't have to do, you don't have to do anything. And, and, then, and then work my phone, which I hate. Yeah, yeah don't do that. Don't so. don't whip out the flip phone right now and try to take pictures. Right. Just so, relax. Okay. But the, but so the question was, what am I? What what projects do I have going on right now? No, let's start with the beginning. So the beginning, I talked about some breeding. So so, and I also want to make fun of you for something on the air too. Uh oh. Well, I hope you don't mind. Um, I didn't ask you about this ahead of time, but talk uh -oh. to me about talk to me about star tortoises and Herman's tortoises. Well, I had a I had a, a pair of. Indian stars that I raised up and uh, they actually grew up real nice uh, a lot of effort down here because uh, they uh, they don't tolerate cold and damp so I had to bring them inside in, in the winter but uh, ultimately they uh, they uh, they laid eggs she laid eggs and then I sold her <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the process. I mean, uh, you, I swear, I, I've said this before. So I've visited Ralph several times down in Florida, and I will never bring my wife there, ever. Uh-oh. Because there is definitely something in the water, because every single animal that 
goes into your house ends up being gravid like immediately and having the best so, so constantly. So the, the, the okay, star, guess what? I've got a star tortoise with 69 eggs. Oh the, my gosh, wow. The star, the star laid some eggs. And then I had a, a couple of spotted turtles and they laid 10 eggs. And yeah, within like two weeks. I put the eggs in a little cup and set them on <laughs> in, the, in the tortoise room and, and like Two months, they all hatched. <laughs> I, I forgot about that too. <laughs> so, so I, had, I had ten little baby spotted turtles. I didn't know what to do with. And then I had uh, some uh, Herman's tortoises that I I got from Chris Leone and raised up. And they <laughs> it was a one point two group. And in one summer. The two of them produced 42 eggs, <laughs> and and which is Chris says that's kind of unheard of. I can't argue with them. I have no idea, but uh, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. As and well. out of those 42 eggs, I mean, it caught me off guard. There were just eggs everywhere, and uh, I think maybe eight or nine of them hatched, uh, which I thought was okay. Yeah. It's a good start for a, for a, an animal that's just getting started at, at, at producing. It's pretty wild. Yeah, and I have a, a pancake tortoises. She laid eggs, and then uh, and I have some uh, spider tortoises, and they laid eggs. So I got eggs coming from everywhere, which is a good thing, right? Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Kevin, do you know that we can still see you? Yeah, I know. Okay, good. I just wasn't <laughs> sure if you if you knew that you were taking us on a field trip right now. No, this is but interesting. Uh, interesting dilemma that I had, uh, at least for me, was when the the stars and the spotteds and Hermans and uh, uh, pancakes and uh, what did I say else? Oh, the spider. I mean, everybody started laying eggs at the same time. That's and horrible. I feel really bad for you. Yeah, but I wasn't ready for it. I was just totally overwhelmed. I had I had eggs. I had like 110 eggs or something from plus Egyptian eggs, you know. So I had eggs everywhere. And like, you know, I had no I had a I had them stacked on top of each other. It was, I mean, it's just kind of scary. But it 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 taught me a lesson. And I've always kind of said that uh, you should only keep what you can manage. Yeah. Kind of philosophy I've always had. And that was most of what our conversation in 2007 was, for sure. Yeah. And we made videos in the past as well, yeah. talking to you about such things. And, and that's, that's who you are. You are the epitome of that approach. You can, you can manage a certain amount properly. And, and so I got to a, a point accidentally or just unaware uh, or I was, I found myself almost overwhelmed. And I think it sucked. The Egyptian production suffered a little bit as a result of that. And um, so that's when I made a decision. You know, that's when I divested myself of, of all that and just focus on, on the, the two species. Now I have the Egyptians and, and the spiders. I got rid of everything else pretty much. 
except for the pancakes. They're cool. They are cool. So here's just, what I want to do with you I next. Just have a pair of them. So I'm going to talk to you about, and, I, and this is what I love about Ralph. Everyone, I already mentioned this that he is very, very open and honest, and gives your opinion, but gives you his honest opinion whether you ask for it or not. And here I am. I'm going to ask for it. So now he's going to have to give it to me, which is <clears throat> Ralph. I'm so, going to give you his. I'm so give serious. You, I'm, this is very serious. <laughs> I want to know. I'm going to give you a species, and I want to know a species that you've kept, and I want to know the pros and cons within 20 seconds. And I'll both both within 20 seconds. Is this like a test? Yes, this is a test. All right. All right. Shoot. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, pros and cons of, of, of working with them, keeping them. Okay, this is this is not natural history or their situation in the wild or whatever. This is just as a keeper, who, uh, as a conservation-minded keeper who wants to do everything they can to try to help a species situation through, okay. through the develop through developing assurance colonies and, and programs, which is what all of us here right now try to do, and a lot of our viewers try to do. I'd like to know pros and cons within 20 seconds for each species. You got to get to both the pros and the cons. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Egyptian right. tortoise. Uh, small, easy to manage once you have them established. Uh, how was that? And uh, uh, very rewarding, very gratifying. And it's just cool. They're just cool little guys. They remind me of little tiny mini. Galapagos tortoises. So, what's your con? Those that sound like a lot of pros. I have no, I have no con. I can't think oh of. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry, I, I have no con with working with them. Oh my gosh! So why? Okay, so but but not just for you. Why? Why is it? So, what about the person who has money but doesn't know what they're doing? <laughs> it kind of says it all. They, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but if they're, if they're all perfect, then, then everyone sh then we should be convincing everyone to save uh, their money and buy those. You know, are they a first-time animal? No. Why I mean, not? a hatchling weighs five grams. It's the size of a nickel. I mean, it, people, they can kill them easily. And, okay. and uh, you know, there's a certain husbandry there are certain husbandry needs that they have to have when they're little like that, that a lot of people just don't understand. Like I, like I joked earlier, put them in a 20-gallon tank with a 250-watt bulb and put them on rabbit pellets and feed them romaine lettuce and wonder why they, they don't grow. Right. Awesome. Okay, we did really good with that, really well. After I told you, after I made you come up with a con, and it took about three minutes. So we're going to shave a little bit off. That was about... Wow. That was about nine times too long, but that's okay. 20 seconds times thir three minutes divided by 20 seconds. All right. All right. All right. Nine, nine All right. I get to just. Yeah. But I, we, I started with the most difficult for you because we're not going to get you to be quiet about Egyptian tortoises. That's why you're right. on the show. Okay. okay. So, spotted turtle. Uh, it takes me back to my youth. I grew up in northern New Jersey. And, and it was just a blast to find spotted turtles. Uh, the con, they're hard to find now. 
and and uh, they're they're endangered. You know, they're threatened. And uh, really, unless you're real, you really know how to take care of a clock, you should stay away from them. Okay, that's not where I thought you were going to go with it. But if, here's my Ralph Till answer for spotted turtles. They could be very prolific. Obviously, got ten eggs in the first three weeks that I kept a pair of spotted turtles. But it would be tough in Florida to keep them cool enough. How does, well, how does it, 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 it's taken me a little bit while to, to figure that one out. And uh, I've actually come up with a, with a, a system that works a lot better. Is it still warm? Sure, it's still warm. It's, it's not 72 degrees. But I have them positioned at such a place in such a manner that uh, uh, maybe maybe high of eighty two or eighty three water temperature. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Next one. Pancake tortoises. Uh, super cool. Most unique looking tortoise. Uh, party. Uh, eat most anything. Uh, escape artists. You have to have them in a in a in an enclosure that they can you know it's got a door or a top or something on it because they will climb out. The downside is uh, surprisingly messy. Interesting. And, See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And, uh, if they uh, well, they're just messy. I'll let it go with that. I like that. See, that was good. We're getting the hang of this now. That was really good. If I walk into tortoise room, I can tell when the pancakes have been active. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I understand a little more what you're talking about. Uh, how about um, star tortoise? Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, especially I if you can... I say about star tortoises, to be honest. The, well, down no here they're real difficult to keep because there they're is. extremely sensitive to that runny nose syndrome, and I know many a person that's lost them, many, 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 and uh, so you have to be prepared if you're going to keep star tortoises down here. Keep them out in the summer, as long as it's hot, they, they're fine. But as soon as it gets below like sixty degrees, and there's even a hint of rain, you need to bring them inside. So I keep leopard tortoises and to me, it's like, okay, I understand why this species is prolific, why they're popular. Like they are beautiful, although they're common, but they just are like a great pet tortoise. And if you can get some that are not humongous, I think that they're really good tortoise, even uh, more than their African cousins and sulcatas that are more popular and more often kept. Um, star tortoises are interesting, right? They're like the hot blonde that you take to prom, but then realize she's like a wet blanket and is not fun to be around. And that if you ever dated her, she'd be a lot of work. Uh, like everybody, wa everybody wants them. Everybody <laughs> wants them. And then you get them and you realize it's just not, it's just not worth it. It's not, it's not necessarily what I thought it was. Just, you know, I, I, I would agree with that, especially when they're little, I mean, our tortoises are the cutest little things. I'm not going anywhere near the blonde part, but, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the I can say that I like brunettes. I told my wife just the other day, but when I was a young man, I used to think I liked tall blondes. <laughs> I know better now. All, yeah. about the short, all about the short brunettes. 
but yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going there. But anyhow, when I was a young man, I thought I was all about star tortoises, and you know, now here I am keeping mud turtles. <laughs> um, I, I would agree. I would agree that the stars, especially the young ones, are are awesome. But I know the little ones are real susceptible. Uh, they have they have pretty strict husbandry rules as far as diet and heat and. A lot of people lose them, a lot of them, sadly. Right, but, right. Um, and then people set them up in different parts of the country and then sell them and you buy them and bring them to your area that has completely different temperature yeah. and completely yeah. different humidity and expect them to do well. But yeah. uh, that's, uh, I know that that's something that you've you've advocated for or against with, with tortoises too. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, part of my being stubborn sometimes yeah. and uh, – you know, I, I I I don't ever buy a tortoise from like the West Coast. Um, not that there's anything wrong with them on the West Coast, but if they're if they're born and raised in a in a in a uh, an environment where there's no humidity, I mean a bad day of I mean a good day of humidity or an acceptable day here is fifty percent. You know. California probably hasn't seen 20% in 10 years. So, uh, yeah, what the heck is that? Guessing yeah. it's a siren at Anthony's place since he's outside. It is, it is my place. There was, just, there was just a loud bang, too, and <laughs> then followed by a siren. <laughs> oh, what kind of hotel are you staying in? I'm at a really nice place. It's beautiful. It's, it's terrific. Look at this. That's all right. Generator. What is that? What is that? I don't know what that is. Somebody who knows something about adulting, tell me what that green box is behind me. That's not what exploded. That's not okay. what exploded. I can tell you that at least. But electrical box? It's an electrical box, everyone. Kevin, Kevin to the rescue. I'm gonna go with it. I don't know. Yeah. I just know I used yeah. to play on them as a kid. I don't know what they are though. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, uh, Herman's tortoise. Twenty seconds. Pro con. Bulletproof. I mean, anybody and their brother can raise them, in my opinion. Uh, the con, they eat like horses. They, they eat everything. Everything. Anything I you really, put there, they'll eat. I really like this game with you. <laughs> is that a con or is that a pro? It depends. It depends. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you how I took care of my Hermans. Well, real quick. I'm going. What the heck? No, now we need to ask. I just have a differentiation I want to make. Is it is it they just won't stop eating meat too much, so they're costing you more, or it's that like they'll just eat, just eat whatever they want to eat, like you put down stuff. Both. Okay. They just eat everything you throw in there. They eat as much as you can. They don't stop. They're like dogs. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. You That's throw awesome. more in later, and they come out and eat it more. Um, this is why Chris has his in these huge, elaborately planted enclosures where they could eat the natural <laughs> stuff, and he still has to go to the farmer's market like several times a week and just yeah, they're, they're like they're like goats, man. They just supplement. Eat. <laughs> I mean, the enclosures I had them in. Have you gotten had an aluminum can? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's worth so, a shot. I only had three of them, and and. Uh, the enclosure I had them in was was so overgrown with grass and plant 
I had some kind of plants I put in, but the grass overgrew it, so I don't know what it was even. But uh, they would have, as they were little, they had little tunnels. They would bury them. I think the last time you were down and saw them, they were still in the tunneling phase. Yes. Yep. Um, but then as they got bigger, they started to eat everything. And it was after the winter. As soon as the weather warmed up, because uh, I left them outside all winter, and uh, it was cold, and it was 40 degrees and rainy and drizzly. And as soon as the weather warmed up to like 52 or something, they were out and eat. My God, would they eat everything they would eat. That's wonderful. I love that. So cool. I can't believe that you don't have them. Uh, Sorry. It's just, it would, again, you know, it's back to the management thing. Yeah. Were they easy to take care of? Yes. But, but I couldn't, I couldn't allow myself and I know me, I couldn't allow myself to like, ignore them. You know, I just, all right, they're outside. I'll let them go for a few days. They'll be fine. That's the best part. Like all I want in Connecticut is species that I could put outside and ignore. Like, give me northern red bellies, give me western painted turtles. Just put in a pond and just throw them out there and then never worry about them again. And maybe, like, three years from now, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I thought you died in the winter of no, no. See, I, I can't, I can't do that. The blizzard mm -hmm. of 19, I thought you died in because I haven't seen you since then. And now here I am in 2022 seeing the turtle for the first time. I no. love that. I, see, I that's need interesting. So you, got, you bought them as hatchlings, raised them all the way up, and got them to breed. And they were extremely, entirely productive. Yes. In their first year of breeding. And then you're like, okay. So yes. listen, the analogy about the hot blonde is closer than you think. <laughs> that was, this is an inappropriate comment by Anthony. I really apologize. I'm just saying like, it's the thrill of the pursuit, right? And then you finally get there. Like Eddie Murphy joked about that. Like, I'm yours. Like, I'm all set. You know, maybe, maybe that's what it was. Right? And, and I think, and this is going to sound a little bit, uh, I don't know how to, I don't know what the right word is, but. Uh, you can't be any less PC than I just was, so. I, uh, probably a little bit snooty on my behalf. But definitely, definitely I, you are. You're definitely, you're the most bougie tortoise keeper that I know. I, uh. I, 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 put an ad, I put an ad uh, somewhere and for the, for some of the, the, they were the, uh, the Dalmatian subspecies. Yeah. Formerly and, subspecies, right? They're not officially subspecies again. Whether only, it's official or not. Only in Chris Leone's eyes. Yeah. 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 I guess it depends on who you ask. He gets fiery about that. They were definitely smaller than the average Eastern Hermits. I'll say that. I will absolutely say that. They were beautiful animals. They're awesome animals. I mean, they're healthy. They, of course, they ate like mules. But, uh, uh, but I found that when I tried to sell the hatchlings, it was it was more of a hassle yeah. for me to sell a hundred and twenty five dollar hatchling than it was to sell a seven hundred and fifty dollar Egyptian hatchling. Right. It was three times the work for less reward, you know? Interesting, interesting. But it's funny because you don't do it for the money. You don't need the money. Like when you sold the group, you didn't need the money. Um, yeah, and, and I you know I know where they are. Uh, I, I know, and they're, they're in a real nice setup. And, and the guy that owns them, uh, I keep asking him. I said, uh, you have to have eggs. 
You know, if you don't have Vegas, there's little babies running around. I think his problem is that he created a like a thirty by thirty enclosure. It's it's beautiful what he what he did. My God, if I were a tortoise, I'd want to live there. Whereas mine was much smaller. So I think right. there's probably nests all over the place. He just hasn't found them yet. Right. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so talk to us about your work with the Tampa Bay. I almost called it the Clearwater. That was the former name of your organization. Name, yeah. The Tampa Bay Turtle and Tortoise Society, which the Tampa you Bay are the president. Did I say that wrong? Did I say, Tampa Bay Turtle and Tortoise Society, right? Correct. Yep, yes. and of which you are the president. Yes. And the secretary. No, the treasurer. Okay, sorry. The tre and the treasurer, that's what it is. I manage the money. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph is not the most trusting guy <laughs> out there. Uh, you're giving me a bad rap here, you know? Make no, no, rap. it's all love. It's all love. You know that. <laughs> it is. Yeah, so we uh, we formed it a few years ago, and we were we were formerly part of another group, and, and uh, primarily – logistics got in the way okay and and it became tough to drive you know a five hour round trip during the week to go to a, a, a turtle tortoise meeting and 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 there was just no content you know yeah so so at the time we elected to uh, create a, a chapter of that existing uh, organization. How, when you say at the time, how long ago was this? Five years, ten years? Yeah, not five years, six years ago. Okay. And uh, and and it went okay, but then there was some uh, nothing personal, you know. It was just uh, there was some fundamental things that I just wasn't comfortable with as an organization okay. that I wanted to be more in control of. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, and it was some, there was some couple underlying issues, but just little things in general. So I kind of said to the membership, how about, how about we, we, we branch off on our own? Let's just become our own entity and, 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 you know, create our own destiny, if you will. Sure. So whatever happens, it's, it's us. And uh, the, the membership agreed. And so that's what we did. We we, uh, we officially filed for uh, uh, corporate status. We became the Tampa Bay. We we just we had to take a vote on a name. There were several names that we were kicking around. And even though we're based in in Clearwater, Florida, uh, we wanted to incorporate the whole Tampa Bay area. To, right. You know, so. So we became the Tampa Bay Turtle and Tortoise Society Incorporated. And then we also took it one step further, and uh, we we're a 501c3 uh, tax exempt. So that's all cool. And it's working. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. It, it, it works when when somebody gives you a, a they wanna they wanna give you a membership, which is 20 bucks a year, and they give you a check for a hundred dollars, you know. I love that. Or, so, or I love what you're doing, and they just give you a check for two hundred dollars. 
And, That's so uh, cool. It also works when I when I reach out to uh, some of the the big uh, suppliers out there. We have an annual auction. It's our major fundraiser, <clears throat> and and if I can show that we're a credible organization, and and we 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 have a credible path, you know, we do educational programs and we have guest speakers and and uh, we're organized, then. These organizations love to donate to our uh, to our auction. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And you talk about doing educational programming. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about the t the talks that you recently did. What was that? Like two weeks ago that you were doing yeah. some. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, at a at a uh, recreation center, and uh, I have a buddy that does a lot of these with me, or yep. I do him actually, and uh, he's the snake guy. He's big into snakes and lizards. He hauls around these big boas and little rat snakes and uh, what do you call those little lizards? Uh, everybody in the world has them. I can't think of the name of them offhand now, but uh, bearded dragons. Yeah, bearded dragon. Yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Shot in the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all these are rescues, by the way. All this stuff is all rescues that we get, and uh, and I take some turtles and tortoises and. We go and talk to the, to the kids at summer camps. Sometimes there's 10 or 20. Sometimes there's, well, this one we just did, it was two groups, two separate presentations, and we had about 60, 60 kids in each group. That's crazy, 60 kids yeah. in each group. That's a big deal. Yeah, we have another one coming up in a, another week or so. And this one was just on turtles and tortoises, the one we just did. Okay. Um, the next one is going to be on snakes and lizards. I love it. And this is at a summer camp. What type of what type of summer camp are we? It's talking? called a long center. It's a big recreational center. Oh, okay. Yeah. And also awesome. at the park, the park that I volunteer at. Yep. Where we have our uh, we have a, a, a turtle pond. It's about a I don't know four or five thousand gallon outdoor turtle pond that we maintain. And uh, and there's a, a new there's a classroom there. You were in the classroom. Yep. You know that it. Well, there's a new interpretive center, uh, brand new building. And when they were designing it, I worked with the city to uh, incorporate some exhibits. So we have an actual reptile room and we have a 200 gallon freshwater turtle tank. Uh, oh, it's, full of, it's full of baby turtles, little baby, everything's baby. What species? All native, uh, oh, red yeah. belly, yellow belly, soft shell. A uh, little Florida mud turtle. Um, let's see, red belly. Uh, there's a couple of mat turtles. I don't know if they're oh. native for, to this area. I think they're further north, but that's all right. That's really right. cool. Yeah. And then as they grow, which they do, uh, they grow quite rapidly, actually. Uh, we put them in the pond, and the animals that are in the pond will, will release back into the wild. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Or rotate them out. Uh, what? Tell us about membership for um, the for club society. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's twenty bucks a year. Uh, we have an online newsletter that goes out once a month, and uh, I think it's a pretty good one considering. And uh, I actually write an article for it. I call it Ralph's Ramblings. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Ralph's Ramblings. Yeah, I read it every month. Do you? Oh. Yep. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. I got to yeah. do that tomorrow now. That's tomorrow's project. Yep. You're welcome for the reminder. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I read it's a, just a one page bunch of BS, I guess. I don't know, but. It's designed to be entertaining and informative at the same time. Yeah, that's the whole point, right? We can't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. We're talking about turtles, after yeah. all. It's a very uh, childish animal group to be yeah. obsessed with. So we're yeah. all very well connected to our inner chi- child inside all of us. And a lot for a lot of us, it all started, like you said, with Spotted Turtles in New Jersey for you. Yeah, uh, It was Painted Turtles in Connecticut for me. Um, we all have stories like that. But... Um, what was so we can't first, take it too seriously. What was the first turtle you ever found? I thought you were going to say the first turtle I ever killed. No. Um, found. First, first turtle I ever found was... Uh, did I ever... did So my family used to take me to catch turtles, and we used to catch painted turtles. And the first turtle I could ever remember me catching was a small snapping turtle actually which was really cool because we didn't find them often so that was a that was a big that was a big one for me but it probably was a painted turtle but i'm just remembering the snapping turtle because it was like a big moment because we didn't see them as often i I, I didn't know where to look or how to look this painted turtles sit on the log so it's easier to see them you know i lived uh in in northwestern new jersey and uh the first one I ever found was a, a wood turtle, North American wood turtle, and it was in a hole. It, to me, it was coming out of a hole in the ground, and so I automatically assumed that they lived in holes in the ground. Uh, in fact, it was laying eggs. <laughs> not, not bad for the first time you ever find something. That's cool. Yeah. Did you know that at the time that it was laying eggs? Or? No, 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 I just... I didn't know what it, I knew it was a turtle. I had no idea what kind it was or anything. I just uh, I found out later that it was a wood turtle. The first time I saw a turtle laying eggs was a painted turtle, and I took the eggs home and put it in a shoebox full of dry grass. Yeah, I had the eggs in you know cans full of sand out on the back porch and fill up with rain. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I made funny. Eggs, you know. Yeah, it's funny though. That's that's you know that's paying your dues and and um, you know John. I, I could think of a conversation I had with John Weir, who's like the co-creator of the podcast and and um, one of my absolute best friends in the world. We we would have conversations about that, and and I think it was a podcast epi- podcast episode like I don't know, like one of the first ten, where um, like how many turtles did you? torture unknowingly or you know keep neglect or or keep in a poor way unknowingly in your younger years and was it worth having like a lifelong turtle advocate now as because of that so like like is it worth the the turtles that <clears throat> peter pritchard found and threw into a, a shoebox as a kid for for him to grow up to be peter pritchard and right other than a lack of education as a kid i was i was always pretty much into turtles we didn't have any tortoises of course living in new jersey but uh 
I mean, I had them all. I built a pond when I was probably about 16 out of, out of cement, like a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And, and I had a drain and everything in it. And I was real proud of myself the way it came out. Of course, I'm sure did, you did. I'm not was, surprised. It was awesome, you know. But, but what I didn't know was I painted it with that, that aqua, aqua blue swimming pool paint they used to use back then, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you could see everything real good. But what I did understand was the, the thermal regulation aspect of it. And we had well water. So I would fill this thing up with well water and throw all these little turtles in there. And they'd all kind of just lay there floating, you know. And I couldn't figure out why they didn't swim around. Well, the well water is about 60 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I about shocked them all half to death. But, uh, but you'll learn that stuff. You know? Right. Eventually. Eventually. That's funny. You're building elaborate ponds of draining systems in the concrete at age 16. Yeah, you're like, you're like Picasso. You mastered the craft at age 16. It's awesome. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah, know? that's what I mean. 16 was a while ago. No offense. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was for me, too. <laughs> but I always had you know, box turtles and wood turtles and painted turtles and mud turtles. Back in the day, we used to have the little bog turtles, you know, we used to get them. Bog, bog turtles, as in uh, DOG turtles? Mullenberg. Yeah, when you were young, those were common around you? Yeah, yep. Where did you grow up, Ralph? I'm not going to tell you now. No. Uh, North, of- Northwestern New Jersey, Warren County, New Jersey. Okay, I didn't realize you were a New Jersey guy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Steve was like, I figured it had to be North Carolina. I mean, Western North Carolina, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or Eastern Tennessee. So, yeah, yeah. We, had, we had bob turtles everywhere. Yeah, those were the days. Used to find them in in, in farm pastures. Yeah, cattle, and and there's always a low corner in a in a pasture. It's a wonder it didn't get all squished to death because this cattle would pop all through. It I mean, all bucky, bucket fested. Crap, you know, there would be this little bog turtle about three inches long plugging away, you know. That's crazy cool. Yep. Back in the day. If you knew now then what you know now. (sighs) (laughs) Could have stood there like the Lorax. Yeah. And made them chop you down instead of the tree. Yeah. 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 Right? Just saying. Well, I tell you, Ralph, it's always fun talking to you, um, having you on the show. Your insights are, are wonderful. And for anyone who doesn't know, you can look back at the past podcast where, I, where Ralph and I were actually live from his tortoise room, which is a converted garage. Or you can see some of the um, YouTube videos as well where we visited Ralph. And to say that he's meticulous is is an understatement he takes everything very seriously which is inspiring honestly and um he's someone who i think and we think that we all should emulate um as much as we can that you really put a lot of thought into what you do and you know we chose turtles and tortoises one of the most endangered vertebrate groups on the planet so with that comes a certain level of uh duty and responsibility that we need to do everything that we can to do it the right way. This is not something that we should just be doing willy nilly. Um, 
because the people that were doing it willy-nilly when we were kids, what we're talking about, um, could have had a real detriment and helped lead to the situation we're in today. So let's do everything we can now in this day and age where we have, where the animals need it even more and where we have tools like the internet we're using right now to broadcast and teach people about the plight of, of turtles and tortoises. Let's do everything we can to be like Ralph and, and keep animals the right way and be particular about who keeps those animals and go the extra mile to educate other people and, and just do everything you can to make the world a better place for turtles and tortoises. Ralph. I, I think that's well said, you know. Any closing uh, statements? Uh, yeah, very well said. Uh, you know, I, I do what I do because I have a passion for it. Um, you know, I, I wish that in a perfect world, I could take all these little Egyptian babies and release them into the wild. That would give me immense gratification. Um, I know that's unrealistic, but but that's that's how I think. And uh, uh, we all need to uh, we all need to do our very best to ensure, sadly, in a in a captive bred environment, that we do the best for them because it's it's really their only future. Amen. You know. So I just flipped back and looked since you mentioned the last podcast Ralph was on again. So if anybody wants to go watch and see some of Ralph's Egyptian habitats up close and personal, that was episode 33. So go into our channel, search for the podcast episode 33, and you can wander through another evening with Ralph. Um, Hard to believe that was 21 episodes ago. Two and a half years. It was early March, early March 2017. It's amazing. It seemed yeah. like it was yesterday. <clears throat> Ralph, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. We're really glad to have you, and we'll try to have you again in the future when the camera's working. Um, good news, bad news. This is the last time we're going to use this technology setup for the, the podcast since YouTube is – well, not YouTube, but Google is putting the kibosh on it. So um, all of our – Loyal viewers out there, um, hopefully we'll be ready for you on September 9th. Uh, Kevin and I are going to try to make sure we are. Keep your fingers crossed. Keep your prayers up there if you prefer that method. Um, Whatever it is you do to get good luck, we need them to make sure we can bring an episode to you on September 9th. All right. Um, Anthony, anything else you want to finish with or is it time to get going? I apologize for the gentleman who's out here on the patio with me talking on the phone. He's very excited. And I also apologize to him because he's talking on the phone and probably hearing me scream about turtles and tortoises. So it's awkward. Those are my closing statements. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate the opportunity to say it. All right. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, I want to add really quick for the people that are watching, the people that do watch after the fact. If you have ideas of stuff you want us to go over on the podcast or you have ideas for guests, maybe you know somebody that would be a great guest reach out to us all of our emails are online you can reach us pretty much all on facebook or instagram i'm not really sure exactly which the best route to go is but uh we're open to ideas we want to bring you know entertainment to you guys as well as educational information and uh looking forward to doing more shows with you guys well said buddy all right appreciate you thank, thank you guys for us. yeah ralph thank you thanks ralph love you man awesome. all right thanks for joining us everybody I love the name. Have a good night.